Hey, love, quick reminder, if you're a fellow entrepreneur, I mentioned last week a free four-part series I'm offering this month via email as a follow-up to last week's bonus episode. I'm sharing my biggest mistakes, lessons, and resources behind the scenes in marketing, operations, finances, and leadership over the last eight years. You can join in at hillaryrushford.com slash tech or swipe up to the description where the link awaits you. This content is so good that I don't want you to miss any of it, and I'm only sharing it on email. All right, on with the show. You're welcome. What was that? You're welcome. With Hillary Rushford. Say it again. You're welcome. In advance. We have another listener question episode today, and I cannot thank you guys enough for sending these. Today's, when I first listened, I thought, um, do I have the answer to this? And then by the end of her message, which was longer and we've edited it up for you here, I realized she'd hit on a topic I feel deeply passionate about, but hadn't thought to talk about here on the podcast yet. Hi, Hillary. My name is Gojong Yang, and I'm from Minnesota. I am Hmong as well. I guess I'm not sure when it comes to self-love if there's just one kind of definition for it or if there are like various definitions. I think that I have self-love for me because I love my body and, you know, I appreciate every bump curve and whatever and I embrace my flaws and everything. But then my boyfriend says that I don't eat like healthy. (laughs) He views that as not having self-love. And so I'm just wondering, what's your take on self-love? Is there answer as to what self-love is or is what I'm doing still self-love even though I don't eat healthy? But yeah, thank you for your time. Okay, Gojong, I'm going to answer your question about self-love, but I'm going to zoom out first and just talk about love. Love, love, love. Sing it with me. Love, nothing could do that can't be done. So remind anyone else of Kira Knightley's Wedding in love, actually. Like, ugh, but still my heart. So I believe that we all have different kinds of love put on our heart. You might be super passionate about advocating for climate change. And someone else is all about awareness around Down syndrome or saving the endangered elephants or orphans abroad or the foster care system domestically. And that is wonderful because if we all loved the same few things— There would be huge areas of our world that no one is really fighting for or donating their energy or time or resources or praying about. But sometimes our love is so strong for something that we get very offended when people don't love that thing as much as we do. So what happens is, let's say someone gets back from a gay rights march where they have been pouring their energy all day into people they feel called to love and support. And they go on Instagram and they take a photo of the burger they're eating after having walked miles in the hot sun. And someone leaves a comment about how bad it is for the environment to eat meat, which is true. But that person's top love is not the environment. It's gay rights. Do both the planet and people matter? Yep. Can we love them and 98 million other things equally? Sure. But that means each thing gets like one dollar and one minute of our time. Not really going to make a lot of change. And I don't 
think we really make much of anything better in the world that way. (laughs) And it's also just not the way our hearts are wired. Love means passion. Pouring into a few things we love deeply feels really good. And this came up for me listening to her voice memo because she said, I feel like I have self-love because I love my body as it is. I embrace my curves and imperfections, which, y'all, can we acknowledge how rare that is in today's culture? Like, winning, Gojong. Self-love, gold medal right there. And yet, her boyfriend pointed out that she's not equally self-loving because she isn't eating well. And I'll come back to that in a minute, but it made me think of this broader perspective in which we try to de-emphasize the love someone is showing, whether to themselves or to the world, because we say, I need you to love this other thing too, because that's my definition of love. But we all have different definitions of what it means to love people and the world well. And it's good that we do. So why, oh why, do we shame one another so much or feel triggered so much for loving different things? And by the way, I'm not saying that her boyfriend is shaming her. I'm talking about, for example, the Instagram comment. I think it's because we see it as apathy. We look at our first love and we think, how could you not see this? What is wrong with you that you're not seeing what I'm seeing, that you don't care about this thing as much as I do? And it's because we miss seeing through the lens of, oh, well, they love that thing. Wow, look how well they love that. That's so cool. I love something just as much. It's a different thing, but thank goodness they're over there working on that since I'm already on this. I believe that all of our political disagreements and here in the U.S., and now we see this in much of the world, there are great divides in our ideology. It pretty much comes down to what we love most and fear most. So let's get a little crazy here on the You're Welcome podcast and talk about two people on either side of teeny tiny little things like abortion and immigration. Calm down. Stay with me. So let's say they are both genuinely kind, generous, loving, evolved human beings. They're not like some crazy wacko. They are another person listening to this podcast. And let's be honest, only awesome people are listening to this podcast. So let's call them Alexa and Zoe. Alexa loves humans. She loves babies. And she believes a fetus is a life. It's a baby. It's a human. And it breaks her heart to picture that fetus not having someone support and fight for them. So she's pro-life. She's really passionate about it because she loves so much that it terrifies her to think of people hurting the things she cares about, humans and babies and therefore fetuses. Zoe loves humans too. She loves babies. And she believes that if a woman suffers from deep mental illness or can't afford to not work during morning sickness or postpartum recovery or work while paying for childcare, that bringing a child into emotional instability and poverty is heartbreaking. So until there's some magical way in which a woman can get free health care and paid time off and affordable child care, she's pro-choice. They both love humans. Their hearts just break for a different vision of the story, a different part of the story. Also, because Alexa loves humans, she loves her country. She loves her neighborhood. She loves her neighbors and the people in her life right now. 
And a lot of her friends are struggling to get jobs. And she's afraid more people coming into her country will make it even harder for the people right in front of her. She believes that until we can take care of these people, we can't take any more people. So she's anti-immigration. And because Zoe also loves humans, she has such empathy for anyone going to the great lengths to flee violence for a better life. She feels privileged that she is not existing in that world and knows that there are people who have it way harder. And those people deserve everything that she has. And she believes that more people means more money in the economy, more jobs, more for everyone. She sees that we can create more and better and safer for everyone. So she's pro-immigration. They both love humans. They just start with different humans they are feeling more love and empathy towards. They see the story unfolding for more love in a different way. So as big as those topics are, what it looks like for me, what riles me up, is that because I'm running a company that I believe helps people, I love helping women feel more beautiful, helping men and women find more joy and less overwhelm in their life, build businesses that support the people in their life. I have causes that I support financially that I don't share publicly. I have issues very dear to my heart that Jeremy and I can see becoming more involved with down the road. Like, gosh darn it, I love. I love a lot. I love big. And you know what I get comments about sometimes? Ugh, how can you admit you are still watching The Bachelorette when it is so degrading to women? Is that a paper coffee cup? Can I convince you to switch to bringing your mug? I just carry mine in my purse. Please stop using plastic straws. They are so bad for the environment. Uh, it's actually not a Down syndrome child. It's a child with Down syndrome. You should technically put the adverb after the noun. And I want to be like, dude, give a girl a break. <laughs> None of us are loving all the things at 100%. So on a teeny tiny level, that's how it shows up in my Instagram life. And because I have a large following and people feel like they know me even though they don't and they don't have a filter online even though they should, I get more of these occasional tangential criticisms. So here's my plea. Share what you love. Share it far and wide. Shout it from the rooftops in your world. Post it on your Instagram account. Go to marches. Share articles. Donate money. Love big what you love. But don't come into my house and tell me what to love. That isn't spreading love. It's shaming, guilting, dismissing everything else that is being loved. Love doesn't push, but it does share. When you love someone or something, you can't help but want to tell everyone about it. The new guy that you just met, a great book you read, a weight loss tip that's totally working for you, a cause you believe in, you share. But shoving isn't loving. And when someone triggers you by what they love, remember that it's coming from a place of love. If not, unfollow. If you feel like they are not coming from a place of love, then unfollow, mute, no thank you. We don't need to welcome that into our lives. But if you just disagree and you do believe that this person is, at heart, a good, kind person, then choose to believe that you're both coming from and for a place of love. And honestly, this isn't about my Instagram comments. Those are so incredibly rare. It's just more that it gives me an insight into how we're thinking 
And thus the frustration that we carry around or the arguments we're picking, whether with strangers or friends. And it makes me wonder if we can all have more hope and joy, feel and give more love, if we consider that all that passion, minus the crazy people, is coming from a place of love, and we can be grateful that the world has so many people who love different things passionately. Now, let's talk about self-love, because I believe there is the same reality here. There are tons of ways in which you can show love to yourself, that you honor, value, and prioritize yourself. You can stay out of debt, be good with money, save money. You can pursue a career you love, take risks, challenge yourself, give the time to grow in your talents and your passions and your creativity. You can go to therapy, get more mentally and emotionally healthy. You can stay in only healthy relationships, romantic relationships, friendships, be good at the boundaries that you put up respectfully in your family relationships. You can eat well, move your body, go to the doctor, eat cleaner, use organic cleaning products and all-natural makeup. You can invest in your beauty, wear what makes you feel beautiful, take time in your appearance to feel wonderful. All of that is self-love, and none of us are doing all of it. (laughs) I think the path to self-love is to start, to choose one thing or the next thing, and then expand. Ten years ago, I was way less self-loved when I look at that list than I am now. I've grown so much in the things I've prioritized and folded into my life, but there are still tons of areas I haven't gotten to. I'm still struggling with working out, y'all. I haven't been to that Pilates membership I told you about in two months. (laughs) Um, But on the upside, I did a gut test that I'm waiting to hear back on because my stomach hurts when I eat sometimes. And that is more motivating to me right now to solve. And they are both self-love when it comes to my physical health. I have not switched to organic makeup, but I'm getting organic facials regularly and I'm doing more masks. So I am thinking about my beauty, but I'm not doing it perfectly all across the board. So I think what Gozong's boyfriend was seeing is that she does self-love And she could do more. And we all can. And I would imagine he loves her and is supportive of her. So he just wants her to self-love even more because he knows she's worth it. And he's right. So we can encourage one another and hold the vision that all the men and women in our life are growing even healthier, that we they will grow. We want them to grow. But we also have to let them decide the next area of self-love they want to step into. And, hey, maybe that's getting out of debt before you work on your eating habits. And I think both honor that you are worthy of doing even better for yourself. So, again, what this looks like for me is that as a stylist, I get criticized sometimes for what I don't focus on first. One area would be where we buy our clothes from. I'll get the occasional comment saying, why are you not teaching people to stop shopping at these cheap stores that employ people in sweatshops? Well, because how I come at loving humans is to love the woman in front of me first and believe that when she loves herself more, she'll be better able to love others. So in my work, that means I care most about helping a woman feel beautiful. Full stop. No other guilt or shame about 
weighing less or spending more, buying less or buying right versus wrong. Simply what brings you more joy and less overwhelm as you are today. And I believe and I've seen that then as her love for herself grows, she has more to give. More love to herself in that I have students who learn to dress joyfully in my style and styleability course and then are suddenly losing weight after decades because they start being more kind to their bodies, seeing them as more beautiful, wanting to treat them better, just like you would probably treat a $500 purse more delicately than one you got for $5. You see its value and you start to care for it better. And when the weight lifts, not meaning the physical pounds, but the energetic weight of self-loathing, feeling stuck, despair. Once going shopping doesn't feel depressing or overwhelming, now she can think more about buying less, buying more wisely. She feels more empowered to dress herself and more empowered to help the world with her choices. But what I get on Instagram when I talk about cleaning out your closet, and actually I have a trick that I've been meaning to film that this is going to inspire me to do. I've been doing this since we moved. So I will put this on IGTV. Um, It'll be at the top of my Instagram profile so you can go watch it after this. But I teach you how to organize your closet in under a minute for less than a dollar. I've been doing it lately and it feels so good. But when I talk about something like this, I'll get 499 comments saying, this is so genius, so helpful. Thank you so much. And one comment saying, hopefully in the future, you learn not to buy so much so you aren't dumping it into the planet. Like, oh, dude, (laughs) I'm loving what I love first. Once you have less guilt and shame and overwhelm about your closet being fully packed and yet feeling like you have nothing to wear, then you learn how to fill it more slowly and intentionally. But if you start out shaming a woman for what she owns— which she already feels badly at because she knows she spent a ton of money on clothes she doesn't really love anymore. She is not sure if she really threw a lot of money away. She feels silly, like she should know how to do this better because she's 44 years old or whatever age. If you start out with shaming her first, there is no love or joy to spark breakthrough and freedom and more love. So how do you know if you are loving enough, the world or yourself, you just have to be honest with yourself. Only you can know. Step one is love something. Love something in the world. Love something about yourself. Step two, love more. As you have more time or money to donate, more influence to spread the word, do it. As one area of your life becomes more second nature, don't settle. Grow into another area. Step three, keep expanding. That could be wider to love more and more things in the world or deeper to have greater impact in one area. For yourself and self-love, I think it's wider. Every area of yourself deserves more love. Nutrition, movement, money, relationships, mental and emotional health. It just won't happen all at once. Being patient with yourself is self-love. Celebrating what you have already achieved is self-love. And challenging yourself that it's time to grow is self-love too. Only you can know if you're loving enough and how and when it's time to love more. 
one more thing. Don't miss this. Before you go, love. P.S. Something I'm loving lately is what I call the ribbon and record method. The reason I say I'm loving it lately is this actually is a principle I came up with years ago that I have taught to thousands of people that has radically revolutionized the way they organize their closets and approach their wardrobes. But I'm loving it lately because I've started doing it afresh since moving into our new apartment. And it has made so much difference. I rediscovered it. So it's going to make much more sense for you to visually see it. So as I mentioned earlier in this episode, I am going to film a video from my closet and share it on Instagram at Hillary Rushford. Uh, so go over there and find it. It'll be at the top of my profile on IGTV. Or if you're listening to this months or years after it's gone live, swipe up to the episode description and we'll link it there so you don't have to go hunt for it. But this teaches you how to make better use of what you already own, the clothes and the closet you've already invested money in, easily identify what to get rid of, how to clear clutter without spending an entire day trying to spring clean or hem and haw and go back and forth on what to get rid of, identify holes in your wardrobe so you can buy intentionally rather than just continuing to buy more of what you already own. Let's figure out what the holes are and fill those first. And finally, better understand what you like to wear so you can shop more wisely and with more confidence that the things you're buying are actually things you're going to wear, love, and get a lot of use out of. All of that in less than a minute for zero money. Quintessential, you are welcome in advance, my dear. And by the way, if you want to submit a question or a topic like Gazong did today, pretty please do. You can leave a voice memo or email at hillaryrushford.com slash pod VIP. That's my name, hillaryrushford.com slash pod as in podcast, VIP as in you. I will see you over on Instagram and right back here next Wednesday. Till next Wednesday. Wednesday.